All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. And if you're watching us on video, you already know we got a treat today in the house. Meet a, sp- a spouse, a spousia. <laughs> She's learning Spanish. So I'm trying to speak it to her. Uh, Ash and Christian, of course. He's always here. Right. But the special guest, yes. the, the treat that we both have is your beautiful wife, Ash. Yes. Wow. Welcome, Thanks. Yeah. All right. Take it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we got a treat today guys we uh so if you listen to last week you know we talked about fasting mm-hmm. um went kind of in depth with that and through that conversation even just through christian kind of diving into uh scripture um a, a, another topic really kind of came up on like why don't we fast um and then ultimately what that kind of uh, boils down to is how we tend to compromise yeah yes yeah and it let me down a rabbit hole where i spent more time prepping for that where well it's hard to do these podcasts without prepping right right sometimes we feel like we're prepping for a bible study right and we need to and we haven't gotten feedback yet that we're not prepared for these podcasts right and people tend to like when we go down these rabbit (laughs) holes and because we always come back out of it yes right so i'm glad we're entertaining you folks out there (laughs) but when it comes to compromise I, I was just thinking that when it comes to fasting in itself, obviously we talked two podcasts back that Jesus expects us to fast along with give and pray. Yep. So he expects us to fast. A lot of us don't do it. And why is that? Even if we know we're supposed to fast as Christians, as the body of Christ, why don't we? And a lot of times we, we compromise even in the fast, the things we're going to fast from. Mm. And we talked last week how a real fast is abstaining from food, yep. right? But we, we start to compromise like, okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast from my phone for four hours, but, you know, I got to check my email. Right. And even compromise in that. And it's like, man, we're a weak church. We're a bunch mm. of weak Christians. And anytime I call anybody out on anything, the call the church out on anything, I always look at myself first. And usually I'm right. um, um, convicted myself of something, and that's why I, I speak about it, because not that like I'm, I'm, the, I'm the judgment of it all, or I'm, you know, yeah. if I'm convicted, then the whole church should be convicted by any means. Sure. But I certainly uh, feel better about like calling people out on things if I call myself out on it first. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, it really boils down to, hey, if we can't lead ourselves first, we're certainly not going to be able to lead anybody else. Sure. Um, so let's dive into this, man. I know we've yeah. got, so when I think of compromising, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it too, babe, like it's usually a lose-lose situation, <laughs> right? Compromise is like the key to marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but if you look at, if you think about the, like the definition of it is you are, you're, you're jeopardizing the standards that you have, mm-hmm. right? And now you're giving into it. It's like, well, it's, it's okay. So I don't think, I mean, we, we, in our marriage, do we compromise or do we make a intentional decision to honor each other and resolve and resolve versus compromise? Cause I just think when you're compromising, you're, you're splitting what you want and what I want and then neither of us are actually truly benefiting in it it's like oh well let's just agree to disagree like that's compromising and i don't think there's there's fruit in that at all but if it's a small concession on your end that makes your wife happy that that's sacrificing what we should be doing for sure but i I don't think that's compromising i think that would be different i think you're talking about concession 
And you're you're saying, let instead of lose lose, I'll let Ash have this one, which ultimately and, is a win for me. Well, and then it's a win for me. So it's not. I don't know if it'd be compromised because you're just saying. Right. Because I mean, <coughs> let's look at different definitions of of even compromise because we were we were kind of pulling this up prior to here. Um. So there's an agreement or a settlement of a dispute that is reached by each side making concessions. Okay, but I like this one. You accept standards that are lower than is desirable. Mm. Like, as in a marriage, if we're going to compromise, that's like, ugh. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, I'm, well, I guess it's better than the alternative. Like, no, I don't want a marriage like that or even a relationship like that with mm. anybody. Right? It's like if you're accepting them, that's lower than standard. We're called to excellence. Yeah. Right? We all should. And we should be able to expect excellence. Mm -hmm. Right? With those that are in our life. Now, we know that most people suck. Right? <laughs> Just the reality. And, and yeah. we always, we're left disappointed. And so then we're left compromising. But I think if we're bringing this back to the church, right? The body of Christ. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be compromise. No, not there at really all. Shouldn't. And if it is a mutual concession between two parties, if I'm conceding and somebody else is conceding, if I'm compromising my faith, then who am I in yeah. this compromise with? It's with the enemy. Ooh. We're actually that. That's the mutual party that. And, and I mean, what, what's the enemy conceding? Mm. You know, he, he he'll probably be like. Oh, sure, I'm not going to attack him as hard. It, he's willing to budge for me. I don't have to attack him as much as uh, I normally would because he, he's compromising his faith. He's compromising his beliefs, his stance. He's a poor witness for Jesus Christ right now. Right. Why would I do anything to stop that? Yes. Why would I send my demons to, to raise hell in his life when he's doing it himself? He He's he's yeah. doing my work for me. Yeah. That's Dude. gnarly to think about. It really is. I mean, that that is a, a lose the only one winning and that is the enemy right, right? especially at the church like i mean we can talk about how many uh call them even like seeker friendly churches are compromising things just because they they want to like win people over mm -hmm. right and that's like no you gotta you know the opposite it would be to contend mm -hmm. for your faith right and to actually like this is this is truth I mean, you may not like it. I don't like it. I read a lot of this stuff sometimes in, in the Bible, and it's like, oh, that kind of sucks. Right. <laughs> right? But it doesn't matter because your opinion doesn't matter. Right. Right? If, that, if, if we really believe that this is truth, there should be zero compromising in any of our relationships. Yeah, 100%. Why don't we dive into the, the, the best passage that I think is so applicable today? It's in Revelation chapter 2 the letter to the compromising church in Pergamum. And it says, starting at verse 12 in Revelation 2, it says, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, or Pergamum, right? These things say, He who has the sharp two-edged sword. So this is Jesus speaking here. The sharp two-edged sword. We got into that a few podcasts back. Hebrews 4. Yeah. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. I like to say edged. Edge, edged. Yeah, you sound more beloved. theological when you say things like that. Yeah, I remember edged. that debate. <laughs> yeah, beloved. <laughs> See, there was no compromise. <laughs> right. There's no mutual consent. I say beloved, you say beloved. That's okay. And we still get along. Yeah. <laughs> so he, Jesus says, I know your works, right? He, like he did to many of these seven churches, he, he pointed out something good that they're doing. He said, I know your works and where you dwell 
where Satan's throne is. So he's saying, I see the work that you're doing, the good work for me, and you're doing it in a tough place, a cultural place that was just like poisoned with paganism, false gods in this area here. And you hold fast to my name. So he's proud of them. You're you're staying strong. You, you're you're repping Jesus despite all these false gods, these false deities that are out there, and did not deny my faith even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. So he mentions again where Satan dwells. Like this is an mm -hmm. evil place, right? Yeah. And he's he's saying, listen, you guys held strong. You didn't even deny your faith even when Antipas, who we don't know anything about other than he was a martyr here in this area, he was killed, and you still held strong to my name. It's like, mm. kudos to you. Well done. Verse 14. But <laughs> I have a few things against you. Gosh, can you imagine like right. Jesus saying that to you? And he does, by way of the Holy Spirit, right? How many times are you convicted? Sure, That's sure. God saying, mm -hmm. I have this problem with you. And he says, because you have there those who hold the doctrine, the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit se sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Jesus, when Jesus says he hates something, it, right. probably pay attention to that. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes. Now, if we overcome compromising, it's such a common thing in the church today, compromise. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the Methodist church split because half of them want to put up gay pride flags right. and, and have gay ministers right. in their church. There's such a compromise on, on that issue. Uh, that's probably the big issue of today's day where the church is compromising. Andy Stanley having that mm -hmm. workshop with all these gay people to... Right. The, to learn how to how to talk to a gay kid like have all these homosexuals in there which i, I feel i've almost said like jesse peterson homosexuals <laughs> that's amazing what it's a mess <laughs> Uh, I don't yeah. know how I feel being in the middle of this, but <laughs> we need to just do like a podcast on on Jesse Lee Peterson, right? Right. Great. So he says, "To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat." And we get into that a little bit, like the hidden manna. It's God's provision, mm -hmm. and it's hidden because it's like I, we we. This has been a theme the last couple of episodes is that all of God's promises are always within an arm's reach, but not always in our hand because yeah. we have to, we have to do our part in order to grab them. We have to enter in, we have to grab that blessing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hidden manna because like, we don't know when it's coming, but a lot of, a lot of it has to do with our actions and what we do in our faith to actually receive it. So he'll, he'll bless them with the hidden manna to eat. And he says, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Now, we could do a whole podcast about that. There's a lot of thoughts as to what that white stone is sure. and a new name that we're going to receive in heaven. And maybe not all of us will receive that new name. But there's some commentators that, that have the idea of in heaven as we're all around the throne of God, screaming, holy, 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 crying, holy, holy, holy. Like he's actually going to call out some of us by a new name. Mm. It's like, man, if that's one of the the blessings if that's one of the the achievements i i could gain i i want that yeah i don't know what my what name's name to be yeah leonidas <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> i was thinking something like tyrone 
He's like, Randall, get over here. <laughs> George. George. So disappointed. Uh, Keep worshiping, George. Uh, Anyhow, so so with this, and so if you don't know the doctrine of Balaam, this means nothing to you. Right. And the, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. So Balaam, the story of Balaam is in Numbers 22 through 25, mostly in Numbers 22. A lot of people know the story, or at least they're, they're aware of the fact that there's a talking donkey in the Bible. Which, that, that doesn't get talked about enough, by the way. Yeah. A freaking donkey is talking <laughs> right. in the Bible. That's partly why Ash like, thinks that uh, she'll have a relationship with her French bulldogs in, the, in heaven. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> well, what if Archie just came in here right now and spoke a word from the I Lord mean, to us? I would cast that demon right out. <laughs> That's, it's not of you, God. It's not of you. So, if you don't know the story, so Balak, he was a king of Moab, and he's freaking out because Israel's growing. Balaam was a prophet of Israel, and he was a wicked prophet. He wasn't a false prophet because he, he always stayed true. I'm only going to say what the Lord tells me to say. But his heart was in the wrong place. So, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that where somebody could be a, a legit prophet have that spiritual gift but their heart's in the wrong place so they oh, still yeah. say thus saith the lord but if that dude's or gal's hearts in the wrong place and they're actually wicked and, and and they could speak the word of god but then just kind of be deceptive with it mm-hmm. it's like ooh, like yeah. that's that's not the type of person i mean right. there's going to be harsh punishment for for those type of people oh yeah anyhow and all all the more reason too that even if somebody does give you a a word or something the the need to test that bad boy Mm -hmm. oh yeah right yep for sure so balak sends some some of his people to balaam and he says i need you to curse the people of israel and uh, balaam goes to the lord and god's like no these are my people i will not curse them so he repeats that and balaam to his credit he keeps saying to balak i'm only going to tell you what the lord says Mm -hmm. so then balak tries number number two and uh, the whole idea of this is balak paying him money giving him riches to curse the israelites yeah. right so that, that's the whole theme of this yeah so and, the, and, you, and you'll see where the compromise comes in real quick so the second time he sends his men out to come bring balak back to them uh balam balam balak is the bad guy balam is the prophet who's also a bad guy mm-hmm. balak balam goes on his donkey with the men of Balak, and they're traveling on the, the donkey, and the donkey three times just stops, right? Just stops because that donkey sees the angel of the Lord in front of them. Stops, steps aside, stops, sits down, and all three times, Balaam strikes him, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And then the third time, maybe the most miraculous thing aside from Jesus like <laughs> raising from the grave, this donkey says... Yo, dude, why are you hitting me mm-hmm. three times? <laughs> right? And then uh, the dumb thing about it is that Balaam actually answers him. He talks back to him. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? You're hurting me here. You're, you're stopping short. Like, you're banging my leg up against this wall here because you're stopping. What are you doing? And they engage in conversation. Right. Not like, what the? <laughs> right. Oh, man. That's a mess. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, this is, like, you're going to see something real cool here because jesus talks about the 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 word right the like his word sharper than any two-edged sword and this sword that that god possesses it's for good 
and for for bad like it, it's to bless us and to and not bad but for our bad if we're if we need it yeah it, it it's the rebuke author- right like, it's right? rebuke yeah. yeah and there's authority there that that sword represents authority and in numbers 22 verse 31 it says then the lord opened balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way. So now Balaam can see what the donkey saw. And it says the angel of the Lord was standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. So it's like the angel of the Lord with that sword. Just the, oh, it's just crazy. And he bowed, fell flat on his face. So the, the angel of the Lord says to Balaam, he's like, okay, still go to Balak. Like continue on this trip, but only say what I tell you to say. So multiple times, Balak takes them to all these like ritual places, takes them up to these altars where they, they sacrifice to these pagan gods, has them look over the whole city, and th- they're sacrificing animals, and Balaam is going to God, and God's like, no, nope, not cursing people. No, mm-hmm. not cursing people. So finally, Balaam's like, listen, God's not going to curse the people. This is it. Like, I, I wanted to get paid on this, but I'm not going to uh, you know, deny the word of God. However... Right, this is where the compromise comes in. However, I have an idea. Now, if you get the Israelites to compromise, so he compromised by suggesting a compromise. If you get them to compromise by having your women seduce the men of Israel, by having them start to intermarry, then those men are going to start worshiping these pagan gods that that you believe in. Then the the judgments they're going to bring judgment on themselves i I could get out of the way god's going to bring judgment on them because god hates compromise and that's exactly what happened and they started intermarrying and the the result of it was god struck dead twenty five thousand of these israelite men as punishment and a few chapters later struck down Balaam. but the whole idea of like the punishment for the compromise there where all those people, they were, they were strong in their faith, strong in the Lord, and all it took was a little seduction from these women, right? Try, try to dangle some other things in front of them, whether it be women or idolatrous things, things that would, what, fulfill their flesh. Yep. And they're going to turn from you and, and start to worship these things. And it's such a, I mean, so applicable to today. Any generation that, that's come along since then, from the beginning of humanity, yep. the temptation is there for our flesh at all times. But are we going to compromise? And I, I think that we sorely lack in knowing the word of God. Uh-huh. Because if we know the word of God, there's going to be a healthier fear and reverence for the Lord. If there's a healthy fear and reverence, there's going to be more of an obedience uh-huh. to the word of God. And Ash, this is kind of why I want you to be in on this conversation. Because you're so good at, at studying the word of God, having questions if you don't know something or if you want to go down rabbit holes. But... I know, like, you, you're very passionate about compromise and not compromising yourself, but then passionate about, like, how you feel when other people compromise. Mm-hmm. You have it. Well, when, I'm glad that's how you ended your thought because when we first started talking about compromise, there's no way to know what you're compromising if you don't know the word mm. because a lot of people go to church or listen to a podcast or they're like that sounds good i'll do that well it doesn't matter what anyone says it matters what's in the word mm-hmm. and the only way to know that is to be in the word and sure. daily so before you even talk about compromise you have to talk about knowing the word mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i've been in hosea and it it says there that israel's sin was rooted in not knowing the word mm-hmm. 
Wow. I mean, their destruction is not was not knowing the word. Like right. so, to me, it is the absolute most important thing a Christian can do is know the word. Because mm-hmm. when you know the word, then you know what you stand for and what to not compromise. Because if if you don't do that, then it's really talking about pointless things. Yeah, yeah, and. It, we have to make note here that it's not just the doctrine of Balaam that God is opposed to, right? That one who's willing to compromise for, for financial gain. Peter writes about it, I believe, in his second epistle yeah. where, where he, he talks about Jude mentions Balaam. Like, this is a big deal yeah. and obviously a problem. I mean, Peter has so many warnings against false teachers mm-hmm. and, and, and prophets, and he's saying, "Listen, if you're a false teacher, you, you go the way of Balaam, where it's and it doesn't just have to be monetary gain. It could be mm-hmm. notoriety, it could mm-hmm. be attention, it could be fame, whatever it may be. If you're willing to lower your standards for God, to compromise your standards for God, to gain in any any regard, then you're following the doctrine of, of Balaam, mm-hmm. and there's going to be judgment for you. Yep. But not only that, he talks about the Nicolaitans." Where if you are even tolerating those among you in the church, if you tolerate the compromise from other people, there's going to be judgment on you as well. Mm. Now, that's scary to think about. Mm-hmm. So so it's like, okay, it's one thing for us to not compromise. We're going to take a stand. We're going to contend for our faith. Mm-hmm. A couple months back, we did a podcast on contending for the faith. But so how do I... like like? If I'm not a church leader, if I'm not a pastor, if I don't have my own own church, I understand how I could make sure that I'm not tolerating compromise within my church, right? But just as a church body, what do I do if my brother or sister is compromising? What do I do when I see some of these pastors that are are having conferences with with these gay people speaking Mm -hmm. at it? Like, what do I do? Because I don't want God to judge me because I'm not speaking up against it now. Mm -hmm. Right. But but what do I do? Because I also have to come in in love and grace. But but what can we actually do as a church to combat this? Great question. (laughs) I think this is the hardest thing. I think you can go on social media and just see the nonsense that of Christians just bickering back and forth. Right. Um, yeah. I, I just, I, you'd mentioned second Peter. So second Peter chapter two, verse 15, this is what it says forsaking the right way. They have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, B E O R, yeah. uh, who loved gain from wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, you mentioned Jude as well talks about this. I think another important thing is a lot of people, especially in this day and age, don't take responsibility for their own actions or accountability for knowing the word. Like, mm-hmm. it is not your pastor's job. It is not your guys' job. Sure. It is your own personal responsibility to know the word of God and to test people for to be if you think they are a false prophet. And the problem is, is people think like, oh, I'll know if they say something totally ridiculous or a false prophet. Well, they're way better than that. Mm-hmm. And they'll twist something. You have to know the word so well that what they say sounds good. They're manipulators and it's very good. And if you don't know it backwards and forwards, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to stumble and then lead other people to stumble. So just knowing the word is so important. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. great. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Satan's tactics have not changed since the beginning. He's good. Of time. Yeah. yeah, 
that dirty rotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me think, how do like bank tellers, how do they get familiar with counterfeit bills? Mm-hmm. They don't. They get spot out of counterfeit. By after, knowing the real by thing. By knowing the real thing. Mm-hmm. They keep yeah. continuously deal with the real thing, and then they know when a counterfeit is there. Yeah. You know, Ash was a bank teller for a few days. No, oh, like a year Uh-oh. through college. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Random. <laughs> Random fact of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, what I, I think the, the big thing it comes down to is a misunderstanding of God's grace. And the Nicolaitans, they had a misunderstanding of grace where they thought all the sexual immorality would just be covered by God's grace. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we could still sin. Like, we all fall short of the glory, right? We all we all sin. Didn't Jesus die on the cross for, our, for my sin? Aren't I forgiven? Yeah. Like, you're already plotting your next sin and and convincing yourself that it's forgiven already because mm-hmm. jesus died on the sin yeah and obviously it's a mis- misinterpretation of scripture period yeah. but especially of grace and paul speaks about this in in romans 6 says what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound so in other words shall we sin because we know that god is going to forgive me mm-hmm. like we just continue god's going to forgive god's going to forgive there's no conviction of the holy spirit if that's the way you live mm-hmm. right? and if you have no conviction of the holy spirit then are you saved mm-hmm. right is the holy spirit not actually in you and dwelling within you i mean the holy spirit is god yeah. and if you feel no conviction from that i question if you're saved but then it goes on certainly not or some translations say god forbid how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it man how shall we who mm-hmm. died to sin so like, if we actually did die to our sin we surrendered uh, like put our faith in Jesus Christ how could we possibly continue to live in sin again that conviction is there or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death mm-hmm. it's about self-denial yeah. right and with this grace I mean at the end of Titus 2 um, Paul talks about grace teaches us to, to deny compromise rather than live com- comfortably in mm-hmm. it Right, we we have to deny the compromise. There's always going to be opportunity for us to compromise in all aspects of life. Oh yeah, and one of the like the cold plunge this morning, right? <laughs> yeah, you got this beautiful cold plunge set up, and uh, yeah, you didn't want to get in this yeah, morning. Yeah, definitely didn't. But you held me accountable. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward uh, again, Ash? No, it's okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I think the I love talking about grace and and mercy, right? Because I think this is where a lot of Christians get it maybe messed up or just an understanding of what grace actually is, right? Right. Mercy is is God not giving us what we deserve. Right? He's like he he had takes away our sin. Like that's mercy. What grace is is him giving us the power and the ability to make the be- the right decision right right it's it's through grace that we get to choose to do hard things versus compromising um versus like oh god you know is going to forgive me sure that that's that's, that's mercy like he he will but it's by abiding in him and continuing to choose grace that's what will empower us to actually make the right decisions moving forward mm-hmm. that's good and if you keep on sending, one of my verses that I've been meditating on is First John 3, 6. And it says, no one keeps on sinning 
no one that keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Mm-hmm. So if you live a life of sin, then I would like to question you if mm-hmm. you are if you actually have a relationship with him, because that's pretty cut and dry to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, those people who say, yeah, I got saved and I backslid for 20 years. Yeah. Like, well, did you really get saved right. 20 years ago? Yeah. And then right. you just sin for 20 years, no conviction? Right. Yeah. And, I, I mean, the answer to that is I don't know, ultimately. Right. Only God knows mm-hmm. the real answer to that. But based on what Scripture says, my personal opinion would be like, no, then you're not saved. Yeah. If you're a backslider of years or even months, perhaps, mm-hmm. and you die in your sin like that, are you going to heaven? Right. You know, like the prodigal son. We've talked about this. The prodigal didn't go back to the father and he died when he was just out there doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, right. the happy ending is that the father received him when he went back. Right. <laughs> like he had to go back to the father. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And when you are truly saved, you want to obey him and his word, not just to follow rules, but you want to please him. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do anything that would make him upset because you have such a fear and reverence for him that when I read stuff, like, I'm, I just ask, like, show me what this means. Like, what does it mean for my life? And I want to be an example of what that is like you, it's not just like oh i have to do the one two three four five six seven for him to like love me or accept me that's not what a relationship is it's because you truly just want like his blessing on your life and you want you want um him to be proud of you yeah no, that's good that's great. when i was thinking about compromise and how we compromise one of the big things in the last couple of years was christians i believe who got vaccinated and mm-hmm. didn't want to but they compromised because you know they would have lost their jobs mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. whatever it may be. And maybe we could get into that a little bit about just like practical application of this right. in everyday, mm-hmm. you know, Christianity in the year 2024 now. Yeah. Because my heart broke for people who literally they're like, I have a family. I have, mm-hmm. I have kids to feed. If I don't get this in- injection, this vaccination, I'm going to lose my job. Mm-hmm. I may lose my, my house, my apartment. I can't feed my kids. So it's a very tough decision, yep. right? And nobody said that it would be easy. Mm-hmm. Not compromising is never going to be easy, mm-hmm. right? Right. It, it's just, is it worth it enough to you? And it comes down to your own personal conviction. Am I saying that every Christian, like, like it doesn't say in the word of God when the COVID vaccination comes out in 2020, <laughs> right. don't get it. Right. But if there's a lot of Christians who were personally convicted, like, no, at like their own conscience, which the word of God says, Hey, if, if you be- believe it's, it's sin, like if in your conscience, it's sin, then it's mm-hmm. sin. And there's a lot of Christians that thought that. So, and then they, they still compromised. Now, yeah. I've met people who compromised because they wanted to go on a cruise. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, right. I got it because I want to go on vacation. And it's like, okay, that's weak sauce to me right, right. Yeah. Like, totally. you were actually convicted about getting it, but you want to go on a cruise? Right. Like, please. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, and I think it doesn't say, oh, those who, you know, get the vaccine or anything like that. But there's plenty of examples. I mean, one being, you mentioned even those losing their job. It's like... You know, Matthew 6 tells us that uh, we can't serve both God and mammon, right? If, like, if who are you serving in any decision that you make, it's simply asking who's dictating the decision. And if it's like, well, I, even if I've got a family and, and, you know, while that's honorable, like, you'll, you have to go make money, you're doing it, you're serving mammon mm-hmm. in that, that scenario, right? Which is, 
like hard to think about, but that's a compromise that that you're making. And you know, and maybe there's Christians that didn't have the conviction of, oh, don't put this poison in my body, but that's fine with them, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you know, they'll wisen up at some point. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Acts chapter 14 says we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the tribulation, the hard times, the trials, they're guaranteed. Yep. Absolutely. That we're not exempt from it because we're believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to have even different set of trials and tribulations um, dependent on the persecution because we're believers. Yeah. But it's, it's a tough decision to not compromise. Yeah. And, but I mean, how, what greater way for God to see your heart? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times God will put a test before us to test us. Mm-hmm. Like when Abraham got called up to the, bring your son up mm-hmm. on the mountain, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, what a test that was. Right? I mean, that's just, when you really think about that, that's radical. Yeah. It's my favorite story <laughs> in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine. It, you, well, it's weird because I feel like I've been in pl- a place or a season with the Lord where it's like, I know I'm hearing from him 100%. I will do anything. And Abraham had the type of faith where even if I wind up sacrificing my son, I mean, God, I'll have to bring him back something. Like, he's just right. not going to leave me without yeah. a son. Like, this right. is the, the, the promised one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this is the one through, like, Jesus is going to come through this line, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Such a trust and right. dependency. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, no matter what, mm-hmm. he was willing to do it. Yeah. He's like, here I am. Yep. Mm. Where do we want to go from here? <laughs> yeah. This has been good. It is. Any thoughts, Ash? Uh, when It was a while ago when you mentioned what do we do if we see someone who is compromising. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, practical things that people can actually do. And I don't necessarily know the correct answer, but... I know that I would want to be called out by someone if someone saw me doing something that they felt was compromising or not correct. So I do believe we have a responsibility to call people out Mm -hmm. in a loving way and at least question them and be like, hey, you know, where is this coming from? Or can you explain to me why you're doing this? Right. And for you to have the right to do that, you have to be uncompromising yourself. You have to be a good witness for that person mm-hmm. yeah. like it if they're just like well, this hypocrite look like how you live your life yeah, yeah for sure yeah, i saw yeah. them cussing it up last mm-hmm. week now they want to yeah. preach christ to me yeah. Yeah. yeah and i think it depends on you know if it is a brother or sister in in christ that's a different situation than right for sure and you know an unsaved person mm-hmm. where it's like because it, to them if there's no moral or you know standard that it's like when when you can't even agree upon actual truth, then it's hard to have any conversation with yeah. any of those people. No, yeah. I'm only talking about your Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, That's good. Jesus says it. Let me pull it back up. Uh, verse 16 of chapter two. The answer is repent. Mm-hmm. Like we have to repent. And here's the the beautiful thing about the grace of God when we actually like apply it correctly in our lives. If we do mess up, there's still grace. There's still yeah. mercy. If we have a repentant heart, if we 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 turn from that sin, if we confess our sin, if we 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 mourn, and we, we talked about a little bit the sackcloth and ashes mm-hmm. when we when we fast and what that means, right? It, it's just that humility of God. I'm pouring out my my heart and soul to you, and thank you for that grace that still loves me, 
I still find favor in your sight because I have this repentant heart. That's all God really wants from us is to continuously turn from those things, continuously deny our flesh, continuously just grab hold of him, seek him, uh, get after him every single day. Yep. We're, there's never a day that goes by where we're just like in the same place with God. Yeah. Like we're either close by the end of the day, I'm either going to be closer to him than I am right this second, or I'm going to be further away. Yes. And here's the thing. He ain't moving. Mm-hmm. Right. It's me who's yeah. doing the moving. Tony Evans uh, said it like this. He's, he said, remember back in the day where like the, the cars, it was just like bench seats for the front. Yeah. And he said, you drive around on a Saturday night, you know who's boo loving, who, what couples love each other, because that 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 girl's right up under the the, the boyfriend right. driving, right? Right. Yeah. And then at the same time, you could tell who's fighting because the girl's sitting like this on the other side, like like by the window. Right. But the point is, like that driver ain't isn't moving. So, but the person mm-hmm. is either getting closer or further from him, and it's yeah. evident. It's evident to others. And when we talk about witness. And the, the Greek word for witness is martus, the word we get martyr from, which mm. is wild. So we're, we're to be a, an exemplary witness for Christ, even to the point of death, mm-hmm. if it leads to death, which is wild. So we're to show, minister to others. And it, if we minister daily by our love to others, whether it be a believer or unbeliever, when we do have to speak to them about their compromise or just speak life into them encourage them just right. it doesn't always have to be hey don't do this oh you're not pleasing god it's mm-hmm. speak life into them of don't you know that you, you could have so much fulfillment and love and joy and peace in your life if you just have this relationship with god mm-hmm. yeah thinking of that bench seat I mean, didn't we talk about ash driving in the past episode like she drives more was that were we actually recording then or was that a conversation that we just had <laughs> Ash drives more than... Oh, more. Yeah, yeah. No, that was on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think that could be the case if that was a bench seat. Could you imagine her driving and then you sitting in the passenger seat on a bench seat? She's like six inches from the steering wheel. All right. You'd be eating your kneecaps, That's bro. That's right. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. No compromising there. Uh-uh. That's funny. You probably uh, in South Dakota didn't even have a baby seat. Your mom no. just probably put you in that middle seat next to her, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think we did. Yeah. Actually, I remember taking road trips. So I'm the youngest of three. So I would actually lay up top, like in the window, mm-hmm. in the back window. My brother, well, it was probably my sister, would lay in the middle because she was probably smaller. And then my brother would be like on the floor, like the floorboard. None of us seatbelt in or anything like that. Uh, obviously, there's no seatbelt right. in the window. <laughs> like a big old, big old Bonneville, <laughs> you know, like the big old boat. Yeah, yeah. My uh, mother drove a Pontiac Bonneville. It was yeah. like a, I think it was an '87 or '88. Pontiac, R.I.P. Yeah, we called it the um, the GC, the Ghetto Cruiser, because mm. it started to rust, and the like the circles of rust look like gunshots. <laughs> look like. <laughs> yeah. Now that you can buy stickers to make it look like that. Right. 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 We had the real deal. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> my mother was, was like a little bit bigger than you, Ash. Like she was an itty-bitty thing. And I remember the steering wheel just stopped working for like, <laughs> it was a while. It was like a whole season. I remember it was like a season of life <laughs> where it was like, she was like, <laughs> to make a right, like pull down on the thing. It was hilarious. It's like jumping up. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, that's good. Anyhow. 
just being a rabbit hole for any of us because even just talking through this it's like the self talk in my mind is like okay what is it that i'm compromising mm. are there things and so i think for any any listeners like what is it what are things in your life that are you're compromising maybe it is even from the last episode of why you choose not to fast mm. um or why you've compromised because if the bible tells us or it's expecting us to do that then why aren't we right why aren't we giving why aren't we praying why aren't we fasting um and we could compromise a lot of things today with just like oh, i'm busy or i've got responsibilities like you know i have to you know be a man of my word for that it's like yeah of course but you first have to be in the word mm -hmm. before you can be a man or woman of any word mm -hmm. right yeah that word concession really stands out to me so even if i'm you know laying in bed binge watching a movie or on social media or something or something yeah. like that i'm compromising my time with the lord you know not that god well god does expect us to be in prayer 24 7 we're to pray without ceasing there should be some sort of communion from our spirit to him at all points during the day even if we're doing other activities mm -hmm. yeah. but um yeah i'm convicted with this like there's things that i i do on the daily where i'm compromising my time with him compromising and even think about like just work you know mm -hmm. and obviously we talk about a lot a lot of this sort of thing with coaching with king's council you know if you're working 80 hours a week like what what's your family life yeah, like doing how's wrong. your wife feel yeah right yep. we do that exercise big rock little rock to really yep. prioritize the things that mean most to you in, in your life and if you're a believer if Jesus Christ isn't the most important thing or person in your life above your wife, mm -hmm. above your kids, above anything else, above your job, above money, any fame, notoriety, attention, anything, then you're getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's got to be the number one priority. And when we put God first, when he is our actual first priority, everything else just falls into place. Yeah. It's unbelievable how mm -hmm. everything else just flows. Mm -hmm. Yes. Seek That's first the, the kingdom. That's it. It's oh, so easy. You wrapped it right up. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Yeah. Uh, cool. Perfect. Well, thanks for being on, babe. Mm -hmm. We'll have you on a little more often now that we've got the studio here and the Mikasa. Sounds good. Next time I'm bringing Archie, though. Mm, no, no demons allowed. Dogs, I mean, dogs allowed. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, you know we've got some upcoming events. Check it out, kingscouncilevents.com. Uh, joinkingscouncil.com to uh, hop on with us. We're going to have, we got some guest speakers coming on, some uh, coaching calls coming up that are going to be really freaking epic. So um, join us, and uh, we will see you guys on next week's episode. Yep. Peace.